What up, what up, what up, what up? Spacks Attack, how we doing, how we doing? Wake up, wake up, let's get this going. Let's hit the like button, let's get started. My mic is taking over my screen, so let me fix this up a little bit here. Um, so how's everybody doing out there? I hope you are, are having a great day in the market, even though we're getting this pullback. Um, I, I mean, we, we've talked about the quad witch and, and what could happen on Friday today. I expected a down market, but hey, that that's just how it is. And then that's why you got to know different parts of the market, not just what you're trading. Also, the overall market and how the overall market can affect your stocks. But let's bring in my man, the brains to the show, Chris Ketchy. What's going on, Mitch? How we doing today? Yeah, markets. Eh, I don't know. They're they're going. I, I mean, I mean, here, here, from my boy Rick House. All right, man. Hey, the the quad witch is going on. I kind of expected a pullback, um, and there's a reason why I didn't I didn't go too crazy yesterday. I expected some pullbacks. I'm looking to average down in certain plays, especially SPNV. You guys know how I feel about that one. Um, I, I'm seeing it today. I have a couple orders out, really low, underneath kind of the low of the day today, just to give you some insight. And and I'm gonna keep an eye on these. You know, there's a couple on the move. Um, but this is your opportunity, I think, you know, with the market pulling back, this is when you got to start looking at what's of value, what what could you possibly attack here. So, Chris, I know that we got a lot of headlines. We got a good interview. We got the match of the March spackness that we want to finish getting through the first round. So let's get right into our headlines so that we can get there and take us back. Yeah, guys, holy cow, uh, we have an exciting show, exciting interview, and we want to get through that last region of our March SPACness bracket. So without further ado, going to try to rush through some headlines today and those two new deals announced this morning. So going to talk earnings first. So we have lots of former SPACs that reported earnings last night. We have MP, that's MP Materials reported a fourth quarter earnings per share of 20 cents, which be a five cent estimate. Uh, And for the full year, $134 million in revenue. And I will note that the original estimate from the investor presentation on this SPAC deal was 102 million. So we talk a lot about, you know, those forward looking estimates, MP materials blowing it out of the water. No surprise, shares were up in the after hours last night and are up today. We have Luminar, that's ticker L-A-Z-R. So they see full fiscal year uh, revenue of 14 million versus a prior estimate of 15.1 million. And then their uh, full 2021 guidance now goes to 26 million, um, up to 30 million. And the estimate before was $26.9 million. They see book growth of 40%. So raising slight and coming in ahead of the estimates there. So Luminar shares also up today and notable that Craig Hallam initiated coverage with a hold rating and a price target of $24 on LAZR. We have HIMS and HERS, that's ticker H-I-M-S. So they reported fourth quarter sales $41.46 million, up from 41.3 in the last quarter. Uh, They see uh, quarter one sales 48 million to 50 million and full fiscal 2021 sales 195 to 205 million 
shares of HIMS trading down today after that earnings report. And we have UTS, so ticker UTZ. This is UTS brand snacks, foods, uh, reporting uh, fourth quarter sales $268.6 million, beating an estimate of $243 million. Going forward, they see fiscal 2021 earnings per share in a range of 70 to 75 cents versus an estimate of 60 cents. Full fiscal year revenue of 1.16 billion versus a estimate of 1.15 billion. Shares of UTS trading higher, and I am seeing reports on Twitter that UTS will be on Mad Money with Jim Cramer tonight. Um, so look for shares to continue that strength going into that interview. We have FAII, that's Forum Merger 3, initiated with a buy rating from Benchmark, a price target of $23. Movers from yesterday, uh, those deals, we had SPNV announcing that deal with OfferPad, trading down 2% to end the day. We had ITAC reporting a deal after hours, up marginally yesterday. And then HZAC up 1%. They are in talks with Vivid Seats to go public, that rumor coming from Bloomberg. We have uh, an, some stocks to watch, so heavy volume yesterday. BTAQ and GSAH. I do own both of those SPACs. Traders starting to circulate, you know, that deals may be close. There was heavy buying of both of those going into, um, you know, the close yesterday. So some reports out there that deals would be announced. So far, we have not seen anything um, out there from any new sources. And then turning to our deals, we have ITAC announcing a deal with ARB Robotics. This is a global leader in high resolution 4D imaging radar technology, working with automotive companies. So they see fiscal 2021 revenue of $7.8 million, fscal 2022, $13 million. This was done at a valuation of $573 million. And the thing I wanna dive into later is our robotics was working with Tesla last year on um, 4D imaging radar technology for those cars. Um, we're still waiting to see if that connection is still there and Tesla is a customer of theirs. Remember that Elon Musk has been very vocal about not using LiDAR technology. Um, so ITAC, you know, we could see that relationship with Tesla come into play here going forward. And then SCPE announced a deal with Rockley Photonics, a leading global supplier of integrated silicon photonic chips. Uh, fiscal 2021 estimate of 40.5 million. Fiscal 2022, 78.6 million. Both of those up over 90% year over year, being done at a $1.2 billion valuation. Seeing lots of people compare SCPE to um, Butterfly Networks here, um, and possibly getting some love from uh, Kathy Wood in that space. So keep an eye out on SCPE. This is one that we've been waiting on a deal for a while. They did extend the um, date that deal announced this morning. And then some uh, figures to throw out there. So SPACs have now raised $85.9 billion in the first two and a half months. That's more than all of 2020 put together. Um, that's according to data from SPAC Research. And then a tweet out today from the SPAC King, Julian Klamachko, friend of the show. He says, we've been on quite the buying spree and now own 
229 SPACs in the Accelerate Arbitrage Fund ETF, that's ticker ARB in Canada. And he said, in my experience, these market corrections don't last long and generally represent great buying opportunities. We're nearly fully loaded. Um, so SPAC still getting some love out there from the SPAC king. So that's what I've got, Mitch. What do you, what do you think I'm seeing? DraftKings trading higher today, too. We talked about that all week, right? Heading mm -hmm. into March Madness. Sports yep. betting, DraftKings, $71 today. Hey, yeah, we talked about that. Keep those on the radar. You know, one of the things that we that we always look at is social trends and how they impact stocks. And this is a clear social trend. And, and yeah, you see how it impacts the stocks, guys. Uh, so we'll go ahead and, and take a look at that. Uh, definitely. Hey, shout out to the king right here. 229 SPACs in that Accelerate Arbitrage ETF. So going to take a look at and see what was added recently. That's one thing that I like to do also is look at the recent ads. If they're taking a risk on this, why don't you do your DD and then see how you could approach these also? Um, it's good, 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 good way to find maybe some some specs that uh, some other people approve of, and then you can go ahead and do your own DD and then and make your own decisions at that point. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, we, we still got some earnings to look forward to at the end of the month with Romeo Powers. I'm going to be looking at those earnings, really paying attention towards that earning call. But let's get through that. Let's get into our interview today. I want to go ahead and not waste a second of today. We got so much information to run through, whether it be the interview and also at the end, guys, stick around. We'll be doing the end of our March SPACness. Uh, and, and then we got the last bracket to fill out so that we can move into round two on Monday. And as we keep going, we'll keep getting deeper into these companies. Now, before we bring on Daniel Cohen, you know, one thing I, I want to talk about is how many SPACs are really underneath kind of this belt. Uh, Chris, before we, we do that, let, let's talk a little bit about how many and maybe some of the ones that are under here so that at least if you don't know the whole list, you can start pulling it up before Daniel comes on. Yeah, you know, that's a great question. And that's something I want to ask Daniel as well. There are a, a ton of former SPACs and SPACs affiliated with Daniel Cohen, um, you know, FTOC getting Payoneer. We had PAYA, P-A-Y-A, which already went public. International Money Express, I-M-X-I. We have FTCV, which just announced that deal with eToro. And then, of course, you know, he, he is affiliated with some non-SPAC companies as well. So there are a ton of tickers out there. Um, got lots of questions to, to get to in this exciting interview. All right, so let's get into our SPACs Unlock segment here. All right, Chris, let's go ahead and bring on our guests here. All right, guys, super excited. We have one of the biggest names in fintech. Joining us on the show today, we have Daniel Cohen. He is the chairman of Cohen & Company, that's ticker C-O-H-N, and the bank core, ticker T-B-B-K. Welcome to the show, Mr. Daniel Cohen. Well, thanks a lot, guys. It's great to be here. Welcome, welcome. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and let Chris do some questions, and I'll be back with some of my own, but definitely yeah. happy to have you on. I'm happy to be here. It seems like you guys have a good time from what I've seen so far. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we're all about education here. We try to cover SPACs and the whole industry. 
So we wanted to bring you on. You know, you're a, you're a big player in the SPAC market, obviously here. So um, to to start with questions, can you give our viewers just a brief background um, of your uh, experience in the industry, um, both financials and with SPACs? Okay. Well, I think both. You know, the the companies of which I'm chairman and at some point had been CEO, Conan Company, and the Bancorp. Uh, the Bancorp is a financial technology bank. We power, you know, a whole bunch of different uh, uh, non-bank uh, financial institutions, uh, Chime, others uh, like it, Varo. Uh, we provide uh, services uh, all throughout technology for people who need to be involved in the U.S. Visa and MasterCard system. And we provide an ecosystem for really being part of that. It's run by a great CEO, Damon, Damien Kozlowski, and a great management team and, you know, continues to do well. Uh, Cohen and Company is focused on uh, more traditional financial services. We actually had been involved in, uh, through our broker-dealer subsidiary, in underwriting SPACs uh, already, uh, you know, as more than 10 years ago. That's how we got involved as an issuer. Uh, we started our first FinTech SPAC in 2015, uh, just launched uh, FinTech uh, Athena and FinTech Hera, which I think are our 12th and 13th SPACs, including uh, our, the INSU series that focuses on insurance uh, and that's taken Metro Mile public and INSU too. And uh, we're excited for what we see out there. I mean, frankly, we're just excited for two things, one of which is change in financial technology and insurance technology. Uh, and the second thing is, is really the changing consumer experience for that. Uh, and finally, the ability that we have to really bring uh, good investment opportunities to uh, institutions and individuals. It's you know, very exciting for us. So we're gonna keep being busy. Awesome. You guys heard it here. 12th and 13th SPACs um, from Daniel Cohen. So we talk about the SPAC Hall of Fame on the show. That This is a member right here of the SPAC Hall of Fame with, you know, numerous SPACs out there. Um, you know, with the Bank Corp, we know it was founded by your mom who decided to kind of pass the reins on to you a couple of years ago. Um, what did what did that mean to, you know, keep the, the chair role in the family and keep this business that she founded going? Well, actually, I was the original CEO of the Bancorp. Uh, and then uh, we we co-founded it together. Uh, and I've served as chairman of the company since inception, really. Uh, so, but it's great. I mean, you know, she built, we built together a fantastic infrastructure. She had incredible foresight to really look forward and see a changing way that financial technology companies would do business. And that was really her transition, was really from her bank, Jefferson Bank, which she sold for a big profit to uh, Hudson uh, United, an old bank that was sold then on to, to other people. She took a branch banking network and said, I didn't need this anymore. I don't need this in terms of raising funds and funding a bank. And moved into technology products, working with companies ranging from PayPal to uh, to Google uh, at various points on different products. 
uh, and built an infrastructure that uh, is well run in a, a great ecosystem today. And I'm, I'm glad to be a part of as she really moved on to uh, spirit uh, with me, the FinTech uh, acquisition series of SPACs. Awesome. So again, you know, we, we talk SPACs on the show all the time. Um, you know, we, we talk SPAC market. I'm wondering, you know, overall SPAC market, uh, what's the big reason that some of these private companies are choosing the SPAC route over traditional IPOs, in, in your opinion, and, you know, doing these deals? Well, I mean, I think for a lot of the good companies, it takes a certain amount of the timing uncertainty out of it. If they're looking at doing something, their question is, do I want to do something today and get something, you know, actually done uh, and then do all of the filings that I need to do? Or do I want to start out by having a nine month pro process really to get my company to the point where if the markets are right, then I can take it public. So the certainty that we really are able to give the companies, we just completed in FinTech 5, a $650 million private placement. In FinTech Olympus, a $400 million. Uh, and to give companies the, the certainty that they can really go public uh, and have a successful transaction uh, you know, before they really uh, have to start off doing the IPO filing, that, that's a big motivation today for people. Awesome. So, you know, I, I have to ask the question. We talk on the show, we're, we're seeing hundreds and hundreds of new SPACs out there, record amounts of money being raised by SPACs, new groups, you know, forming these SPACs. Do, do you think we've reached uh, an oversaturation point and we need to see less new SPACs issued out here to kind of bring the market and the timing of these SPAC deals, you know, back in the positive for these deals? I don't know. I mean, I think there's definitely a certain amount of saturation in the market and I can't keep all of the various deals apart, but I do know that like I saw Athena acquisition corp trading slightly below $10 on the units. And I was like, well, maybe I should buy that. Uh, and you know, there, there are some good SPACs where you basically have a lot of optionality built in. So uh, you know, and, you know, somebody asked me why we started to do SPACs and why don't we do IPOs? And I said, look, we're managing a decent amount of money, but we wouldn't get 30 or $40 million allocations in IPOs. And as an institutional investor, I can get that in SPACs. As an individual investor, I can, I can start, you know, day one. You just have to be careful. You have to be with serious people. Um, I think, and uh, you have to be focused on, on making sure you do appropriate due diligence. So as a sponsor, we do the same thing. I don't know whether the market is really oversaturated. I do know that there will probably be a number of SPACs that don't get combinations done, uh, but there will be a lot of SPACs that do and a lot of great companies that go public. Awesome. So you know, you mentioned your your 12th and 13th SPAC out there. We've heard um, Chamas Palihaptia mention he wants to do IPO A to IPO Z, which would be 26 SPACs. You know, do you have continued plans to keep, uh, you know, launching new SPACs going forward? As long as we have visibility on the fact that there will be good companies to take public, yeah. 
I think we like investing in the companies we like. We focus on fintech and insure tech. Uh, and we think that there are continue to be good companies that you know should go public and that people should own. So we're going to continue doing it. We don't have the same program he does. We just don't have the vision that he does. Uh, you know, we're more focused on being operators in relatively narrow segments where we know we know insurance because I've been investing in insurance companies since 2004. We know financial technology. We know insure tech. We're part of that whole entire ecosystem. Uh, Chamath is a great thinker and a big thinker, uh, much more exciting than we'll ever be. Um, and, you know, and I think people will, will make money with him in, in his way. And uh, there certainly should be 26 companies for him to take public. Awesome. So, you know, we, we're in the middle still of the, the pandemic right now, which has changed the business landscape and the deal making um, process. So how has um, the pandemic impacted getting some of these SPAC deals done in terms of doing due diligence and also having, uh, you know, Zoom meetings or in-person meetings with the uh, potential targets? Um, well, a lot of the targets are people that, you know, we've known for a long time. Uh, in terms of due diligence, a lot of it was being done electronically in any case. I mean, a lot of his documentary due diligence, I've been, you know, I've been acquiring companies since the 1990s. Um, and whether, you know, whether you send a lawyer to sit in somebody's office to go over documents or whether you get electronic copies of those documents appropriately, that, that all seems to work. From an actual operational due diligence point of view, uh, there, you know, there's a lot more that you can do and you can look globally in terms of looking at operations uh, and meeting with people globally via Zoom and, you know, doing background and all of that other work that, you know, we obviously get done. Uh, all of that, you know, can get done. It obviously makes it a lot faster. I happen to be a believer that uh, things will slow down a little bit after, you know, once we get into 2022 in terms of, in terms of really going and meeting people. But we're starting to see that now, and it really isn't slowing us down all that much. I mean, you know, we typically always go and meet with the people we're going to acquire. It's, you know, it's very hard to do it, you know, 100% by Zoom. Perfect. So, uh, you know, one of the most recent deals announced was eToro. Um, so that's ticker FTCV. Uh, the deal valued eToro at $10 billion, which was, you know, a significant increase from their last uh, valuation from a funding round. So can you walk us through a little bit why the $10 billion valuation, um, you know, for a company like eToro? Yeah, I mean, look, eToro is cheap on every metric that you can look at it. It is a powerful generator of earnings. It's a powerful generator of revenue. It's a powerful generator of growth. It provides fantastic services uh, and a combined social uh, and investing experience for people that's unique. Uh, and, you know, so if we look at it in terms of a multiple of revenue, it's cheap to something that's as old school as interactive brokers. Uh, if we look at it in terms of uh, pre-marketing EBITDA, it's also extremely cheap when you look at it as in terms of traditional financial services. 
the company is just uh, continues to do well and continues to grow. It's grown faster than people have expected. We've known the company for a long time. We're very bullish about a number of the changes that have happened that have really increased the lifetime value of the customer and a lifetime customer uh, and the interaction that people have with the platform. And what I would say is that if you're you know, in a jurisdiction where you can use eToro's full functionality, you should go in and try it out. And as more of that functionality comes online in the United States, I think U.S. consumers are going to find that it's a very compelling format. One of the things that it does particularly well uh, is that it, it really opens up uh, in its social, uh, in its copy portfolio, in its social investing uh, way. It opens up the ability for people to share ideas with each other in a more effective format, somewhat moderated, uh, within a brokerage and investing context. So, you know, if you take a positive viewpoint towards the collective intelligence of all the investing public, then, then it's probably, you know, something that's going to have a major uh, beneficial and, uh, and salubrious influence on the investing public. Awesome. So you you hit a little bit on the U.S. part there. That that's the part that stuck stuck out to me in the presentation is you know eToro looks like they're just beginning with the the U.S. expansion. Um, you know, in terms of uh, stock trading and some other options, was was that a big part of getting this deal done and that valuation? Then the potential growth of the U.S. and w what's the timeline look like for that going forward? I think, look, eToro shouldn't have more than 15% of its revenue in the United States for, you know, for a number of years going forward. All the material is really, you know, contained in the filings that we made. Uh, and if we look at it, the key element going forward is really the revenues globally, which we think are very strong. Uh, they don't, they you know, their revenues are primarily European, Southeast Asian, so Asia X, China, and Middle Eastern, as well as elsewhere. Uh, and we're just excited about, you know, the whole entire worldwide growth. It's a strong brand uh, in its jurisdictions. It has strong participation across, you know, the UK, across Germany, across France, and elsewhere. Uh, and we expect, you know, substantial inroads in the United States. And that's really a plus for investors is that upside of growing in the United States tremendously uh, well. So, Another uh, recently announced deal was uh, ticker FTIV, um, Perella Weinberg. Can you give us kind of the thesis behind, you know, that deal and what investors can have to look forward to after that merger? Yeah, Perella deal is a very strong company. Uh, that uh, with a strong brand name with operations across the U.S. Uh, and Europe that focuses on independent mergers and acquisition advice for companies. Uh, we think that we're at the beginning of a new M&A cycle uh, as well as a new, uh, you know, as well as continuing a restructuring cycle. So it's a unique time for people to invest in an in independent advisor. Uh, we think that the company is extremely well positioned because of its size to outperform. We think the management team is tremendous. Uh, you know, uh, that uh, Peter Weinberg, 
who had a significant role at Goldman Sachs uh, before forming Perella Weinberg and the team that really started this out and the team that they've grown because they have 55 strong partners from all over Wall Street that have banded together to really form a very entrepreneurial and unique culture uh, for an independent advisor. We think that they can drive growth and drive you know, the creation of a wealth both for themselves as shareholders and for outside shareholders. We're excited to participate. All right, I'm going to jump in here and talk about one that's been on my radar here. So FTAC with Payoneer. And one of the things that's going to stand out to me, and let me go ahead and get this to my right screen here. All right, so I'll go ahead and I'll pull up here. It's the compelling relative valuation. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm focusing on is is revenue multiples here compared to, let's say, uh, PayPal, Bill.com, Square. Um, can you explain how... Uh, Pioneer, uh, Pioneer really has the advantage here in their revenue multiple and how the growth in the long run, and, and we're seeing here uh, growth mentioned here, 25% for 2022. Um, how's that going to compare in the long term with these kind of giants that have been in the, in, in the industry for a long time here? Well, I mean, I think that, you know, you're seeing the growth that's along the line of the more direct, uh, you know, payments groups. One of the things is, is that Payoneer has invested heavily in building infrastructure for doing global payments. And that's not really cheap. That's not, you know, one of the nice things about payments, if it's focused on the sort of processing and customer acquisition, merchant acquiring that PayPal, well, really Adyen and Square uh, really are doing, or if it's focused on the repeat business that, you know, Bill.com and PayPal are really focused on. Uh, it really uh, is something that has a high gross margin, which is a great business. I mean, if you have like, if you're making 60 to 70 cents of every dollar, you know, before overhead charges, and then you can manage that on a relatively, uh, you know, manageable overhead, you have a great business. Payoneer is at an earlier point in its cycle. It's continuing to grow revenue extremely well while it's absorbing the infrastructure and the moats that it's built you know, in order to do that, because international payments and the type of B2B and B2B2C payments that Payoneer is really doing uh, is, is a fantastic growth area that should outperform lots of other fantastic growth areas. They, they service very profitable clients and they have a, a wide range of services that they really can expand to service those clients, as well as the ability right now to continue growing absorbing the overhead, continuing with a high gross margin, uh, but then really, uh, you know, producing real profits going forward. So that's why we're so excited about the company and the inflection point that they're at now. We think that as a public company, it should be able to acquire and grow very nicely and that uh, it should, uh, you know, be a long-term winner in a, in a segment that continues to do well where they will continue to innovate uh, and uh, continue to uh, service their, you know, international group of clients. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's one thing that I've noticed that, the, you know, how fast really the pandemic has changed our digital transformation. I'm sure that's something that you noticed uh, definitely got pushed forward. And maybe the reason why so many SPACs are, are coming out is really that push into digital and, and that transformation. Is this kind of what you're seeing out there? Are you still seeing this massive uh, transformation into digital? Yeah, I think we see it accelerating in a lot of ways uh, and just continuing. User acceptance is, you know, getting greater and greater and greater. Um, and, you know, Pioneer is one of the elements that as people move towards a totally di digital international payment systems, will really be in a fantastic position uh, to, uh, uh, to uh, move forward. Awesome. So, you know, I want to dive into a couple more of the deals that you got done. Um, Metro Mile was one that stood out too. You mentioned the insurance side of things. So, so this was a deal that also, you know, Chamath Palyaptia was part of that pipe. Mark Cuban is an investor in Metro Mile. Um, you know, they've both talked about that company being a disruptor in the insurance market. You know, Chamath said it's, it's his uh, version of Geico that Warren Buffett had. Can you walk us through, you know, Metro Mile going forward? How big of a disruptor is it going to be in insurance? Look, I think it's an enormous disruptor, but it's a company that's also owned by some very strong insurance people. We've been investing. We've invested billions of dollars in traditional insurance companies over a long time. Uh, Hudson Structured is also a fund that has a significant investment in the company uh, and has a bit, had a tremendously positive influence on the company moving forward. So it's not just a disruptor, like there are a number of disruptors in insurance uh, and some that are, you know, fantastic. Like, you know, we have uh, incredible respect for, you know, a soft wand at Hippo. Uh, but Metro Mile, we think, is, uh, is a company that, it can continue to grow and it's going to change the way people do auto insurance and benefit those people who drive less and drive better uh, because it's going to charge by the mile based on your own individual risk. Uh, and right now it's only, it's started off, I think it's in 10 or so states. It should be nationwide by the end of 2022. Uh, from a financial point of view, uh, it's a great situation. It's what financial technology is all about. It's about making more money for the institution while saving more money for the customer by doing it in a much more efficient way. It also has a fantastic suite of, uh, you know, lost adjustment uh, services that it's also going to be able to sell to insurance companies. So we think it's going to actually not just revolutionize its own experience, but also revolutionize loss adjustment in a number of other insurance companies with, with, with which it already has strong relationships. Perfect. So, you know, we saw the, the SPAC market really became, you know, a trending topic in 2020 with, you know, the large number going uh, public this route, but you've been in this game, you know, for years before that too. So I just wanted to, to back up and some of those deals that you got done before, um, you know, the big trend came in. So like, International Money Express, that's IMXI, uh, you know, getting done in 2018. What, what's the thesis there and what can investors look for, you know, in this former SPAC? I think, I mean, look, that is a company that is cheap. 
right? It's a company that's growing nicely. And the nice thing about growing companies is that they represent good value after a couple of years. Right? It's a well-run company that's focused on a money transfer in its industry that's not going away, primarily to uh, you know Latin America as well as to Africa. The, it continues to grow and provide services to its clients by providing better services using electronic, uh, but not necessarily electronic for customer acquisition, uh, but you know, but innovating the actual process of what it's doing, and it's gaining market share from those people who are just not serving the customer particularly well. So just like you know, Southwest Airlines by offering routes that people want to fly on, and offering them cheaper based on a better uh organizational experience is able to make a lot of money so is international money express uh the ceo is fantastic management is fantastic their results have been fantastic and it's cheap at its current price awesome so but before we let you go uh we've got some questions from the chat i just want to get to one here um, someone asking again, eToro, you know, pop, uh, popular topic this week with that deal. So Thomas from the chat asked, how does eToro differ from SoFi? What's the, the big uh, differentiating factor there? Well, I have to admit, I don't, you know, we, we know SoFi somewhat. SoFi is trying to serve, uh, it's much more of a lender. So it's making money by lending money to people and securitizing those assets and i think it also takes some deposits uh you know it's you know i would say it's looking to be a bank in some ways for people eToro is not a bank it's making money by servicing people in two ways one of which is i mean so it, it does have a strong social orientation where people are able to share portfolios and copy top quality investors in terms of what they're doing. Uh, and it's much more focused on individual investors who want to take control of their own individual investing rather than, you know, uh, you know, other things. SoFi started as a student lender and it's expanded to doing all sorts of lending businesses uh, for high quality individuals. Uh, but, you know, that that's what I know about differentiating the two of them. They're they're two very different businesses. So awesome. You know, that's gonna do it from questions. You know, I, I know we kept you for a little bit here for this interview. We appreciate the time. So again, joining us on SPACs Attack, exclusive interview, Daniel Cohen, chairman of Cohen and Company, ticker C O H N, and the Bank Corp, ticker T B B K. And you know, as he said, 13 SPACs. Um, a member of our SPAC Hall of Fame here. So thank you, Daniel, for taking time out of, I'm sure, your busy schedule to come on the show today. No, it's, I, look, I enjoy doing this. I hope to get a chance to do it again. And it's nice for to be sure. able to work with my mom so we both can do lots of different stuff. So, Yeah, we'd love care. to have you back on. We've got so many more SPACs to talk to you about, I'm sure. So thank you again. Thank you. And I'll look forward to being back on. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. I think you're muted there still, Mitch. Uh, like he said there, Daniel stuck around. And, and one of the things that I, I, I caught that he mentioned, the very beginning, guys, he said, hey, 
you look like you guys look like you guys have some fun here on Spax Attack. I think we have a fan in Spax Attack. I think he's going to be watching us and, and, and who knows, maybe getting some information from us and, and making some investments. And that's what it's all about, guys. That's what we do this for you guys is, is at the end of the day is to get this information. Now we got a giant, a giant from our Hall of Fame right here, right to you guys. So definitely do me a favor, smash that like button. If you got the value, hit the like, hit the subscribe bell. What you thought of that, Chris? You know, that was insane. Like he, they lost their 13th SPAC and, and they're hitting the FinTech space. They're hitting the insurance space. Two industries that him and his mom, you know, have been in for, for decades. Tons of experience, tons of DD there. You, you know, I, I would put myself on board with any of the SPACs, you know, from, from this group with their experience. So that eToro deal, you know, I, I'm loving the comments he had on that too. So everything sounded great to me. Yeah, I'm seeing mention of what's his next SPAC. I, I, I heard him mention another one, but I did hear um, you guys could look up FTAC, Hera Acquisition. Uh, still trading in units, H-E-R-A-U is the ticker there for you guys. Um, let me see if I can put this up here. Just want to make sure that you guys get that ticker correct, because if you don't, I know how that is. <laughs> yeah, H-E-R-A-U. Looks like it's trading at about 10 10 right now um yeah eight, you know 800 million units, so 800 looks, million looks i mean they they got some money in this one at least one of the things that i did notice is that if you look at their prior one before that one it went down to 200 million and then this one goes up to 800 million to me that shows that they possibly already have someone in mind if they needed more money in this one it, it might have been for a reason all right, guys, so let's go ahead and, and, and let's get into our fun time of the day. If you can do me a favor, smash that like button while we play the rocket. All right, guys, so let's get back to our March spackness. You know, so one of the things that I, what we wanted to do, guys, is is have some fun, guys. You know, we've been having some fun with the March Spackness. So, hey, if you guys like the March Spackness, let me start seeing those one roll through in the chat, guys. Put those ones. Let's see them. And let's start getting through here. All right. So we got about, uh, about 13 minutes left. I might push power hour back a little bit. They can wait. Um, all right, so let's get into the March spackness here, guys. So this is our Midwest side. I know, I know, I know. It started yesterday, guys. I know, I know. But hey, let's have some fun. Let's talk about some spacks. Let's talk about some matchups here, and then we'll get rolling through here. So first up, Quantum Scape, guys. Quantum Scape versus Land Sea Homes. All right, so that's going to be ticker QS with L-S-E-A here. Uh, what do you think, Chris? Yeah, so guys, hit one for Quantum, two for Lancy. You know, you know, this is a one versus 16 matchup. QuantumScape, a powerhouse. This was a SPAC that was over $100 in 2020, the highest trading SPAC of the year. It has come down since then. Again, this is a battery company pre-revenue um, that you have to be a little patient with here. And then Lancy, you have a, a home builder trading below $10, which could offer some good value, you know, before the end of the year. So 
one for QuantumScape, two for Lancy. Which one's going to have the, the best end of the year here? I'm seeing so many ones, so no surprise. It looks like the ones have it. I think you're you're muted again, Mitch. Oh, good lord, good lord! I'm gonna get points oh, taken off. I'm gonna get points taken off for that one. All right. So, like we said, QuantumScape moves on. Let's keep going down towards the next battle where it gets actually a little bit closer. Here, guys, uh, we got Clove ticker C L O V Clove Health versus Hims and Hers. What's going on here, Chris? Yeah, what a matchup, you know, that we made here. So uh, Clover Health and Hims and Hers, both in the healthcare space, you know, uh, hit one for Clove, two for Hims. Hims was a former ARC holding that they, you know, dumped to the side of the road. Clove, a Chamath spec that has fallen below $10. I know you talked about Clove yesterday. Hit one for Clove, two for Hims. If I had to pick which one by the end of the year... I'd have to go clove just based on the the valuation and the the chart here. So I, I'm guessing that's your uh, pick here too, Mitch. Oh, I saw a three. Someone put a three. That's also a a popular pick on this matchup. <laughs> well, hey, uh, I, I'm not losing any hair, so I'm gonna go with clove. How's that one for you? <laughs> oh, this one looks close. Hey man, I guess there's some people getting some little bald spots, you know, right here in the the scratcher. <laughs> I actually had a friend that used hims, and he got his hair back. Seeing, so. uh, I'll tell you twos. that at least. <laughs> I'm seeing twos, but this looks close. Uh, have, do you know anybody that uses hims? I don't. You know the the thing about this company that's interesting to me too is it's it's ticker hims, and it's called hims and hers. I, I see commercials for the hers part on, on TV with Jennifer Lopez and some skin cream. Hey, they so expanded. I, I don't, I don't expanded, know. So man. maybe we need to change the ticker to hers to get this stock some love with J-Lo. Hey, that's it's just how it is, man. They realize hims worked, so why wouldn't hers work? Well, All right, who do guys. You think one? I, I saw more twos, I think. Oh, we're seeing some twos, seeing some twos roll through there. Man, this one's a close battle, dude. Uh, all right. I'll, I won't go with two here. I'll go with two. <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll we'll get we'll give it to the hymns. It's grown some hair here and took the win. <laughs> Let's get into butterfly butterfly here. The new image of health versus pure cycle technologies here, guys. So I'm I'm pretty sure it's ticker PCT, but I need to make sure on that one. Yep, PCT. So butterfly ultra portable ultrasound pure cycle is a sustainability plastics play here that just completed that deal not too long ago. So this is two specs that are you know both former deals trading you know at decent ranges. We have butterfly in the 18s, and you have you know the other one trading you know higher than that still. So. Um, I'm a big fan of Butterfly and that technology going forward. And of course, Kathy Wood loves the company. So I, I would have to hit a one here and looks like we're seeing uh, the majority of ones roll in. Yeah, we'll have to take a look here. You know, one thing I noticed is that Butterfly, you know, I, I know a lot of people believe in this one, but for some reason, something's leaning me t towards that pure cycle technology. Um, I don't know why, but it, that, that's where I'm going to lean on this side, guys. I'm going to be on two on this one, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to see some ones. 
There they are. There's those ones. I expected it. There you go. Put some put some hair on your chest by Ruel. Hey. Hey, I can't blame you here. All right, so let's go ahead. Hey, butterfly wins. Butterfly wins, guys. The new image of health, guys. The new image. All right, let's keep rolling through here. The next one up, we got open lending versus a brand new one here that just switched over advent and and the ticker for advent just just to make sure is is it avt um adn adn there you go i, I had that one wrong i had feeling there all right so there you go hey so we got we got open lending here versus adn here what yeah, do you so think what do you think advent is a fuel cell hydrogen play here and open lend is automated lending, you know, trading at $38 has been a pretty well performing former SPAC. So I, I would have to go with the with the trend there and, you know, go with open lending. Hydrogen fuel cell, I still think, you know, might not be as popular um, going forward. And I think it's going to be a tough market to roll out that infrastructure. So I would lean a one here, but I think this is a kind of a toss up. This is, this is, I, I would say that, you know, don't count Advent out, but I'm going to go with open lending. Why? Because I feel that right now we have a housing boom that's starting. And with the housing boom, I think you're going to see some great revenues come out of open lending and, and kind of, uh, I mean, a, a bunch of different places. Um, with that being said, I will say a one, but let's see what we see here. All right. All right. What's going on there? Oh, looks like someone's saying hydrogen could be huge. Huge. And that's true. It, it could be. We'll, we'll keep an eye on this one here. It looks like the, I'm seeing some ones, seeing some ones roll through there. So one I wins the game. Ones, but we did have some twos there. So right, let's keep moving on to another big battle here. I think this one's going to be an interesting one from the chat here. Uh, what do you think here? We got a battle. Introduce this one, Chris. Yeah, so we got Virgin Galactic, that's SPCE against uh, Vivint Smart Home, ticker VVNT. Interesting matchup, two very different sectors. I do own shares of SPCE. For me, if we're looking at 2021 performance, I, I think there's catalysts that can't be ignored with Virgin Galactic with that new space ETF and that scheduled you know, space flight for their passenger um, business. So to me, I think Virgin Galactic, uh, you know, but smart homes too. What a what a growth area. So this one could go either way with the chat. What do you guys think? One for uh, Virgin Galactic, two for Vivint. All right, guys. So one thing that I would mention to this one is, you know, one thing, I I'm going to go with the booming housing right here. You guys would thought of I wouldn't go for the smart home. I'm actually going to go for the smart home here. I think in the long run, uh, Virgin's going to have a hard time really creating revenue here. But I'm going to stick with the smart homes here. And with an upset, I'm going to say two. All right. So I'm seeing some twos roll through there. I'm seeing some ones and some twos. What do we got at the end here? Do we see... Some other twos roll through there. I think it's a close battle right I, now. I had it tied, but now I'm seeing a couple twos roll in last. There. Yeah, so they're starting. Think, they're starting think, to get there. I think we have to go with twos here based on that end. Oh, looks like the ender, the ender, the guys. We had yeah, there was five straight twos at the end. Yeah, man. So there I, you I go. We'll we'll see what go. happens. You know, hey, I agree. You know, we have to keep an eye on on how fast really 
SPCE really gets into those revenues. Uh, we'll stay with the smart home and the upset here. So, hey, we might have a Cinderella story here in Syracuse, but we'll, we'll keep an eye on this one. All right, let's keep going. Next one up, we got Violent, uh, Violet. I can't, Vel I can't speak Velodyne today. LIDAR. And I can't speak today, guys. <laughs> so we got VLDR against ETWO. So this is a LIDAR company against a end-to-end -end supply chain management company. Uh, the, the thing here is E2, former SPAC, trading at 10.08, which I think may provide some value going to the end of the year. And as I've said with LIDAR, it is a crowded market. So hit one for Velodyne, two for E2 Open. Loving the comments, you guys. Holy cow. I also noticed one about a JLo uh, double bottom on the chart. Thanks to whoever put that in there. I, I would have to go a two here for E2 Open based on the, the share price. Uh, yeah, hey, we'll see what happens here. It's going to be interesting. You know, we'll have to see. But in my eyes, I mean, here, here, I'm going to, I'm going to stick, you know, the top here, a three seed, man. And West Virginia, I think he's going to move on here. Looking like I'm seeing the one starting to roll through here. And I can't blame that. Yeah, yeah, I believe it too. Mars 2025. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. I, I, I won't be mad at, I won't be mad if we go to Mars. They can sign me up. I'll be the first one. All right, let's keep going through here. We got about two to three minutes left here. So I want to get into the next close battle here. Uh, this one's going to be an interesting battle here. This is a seven and ten seed. Uh, you got Ava and you also got here United Wholesale Mortgage. What's going on with this one, Chris? Yeah, you know, so ticker UWM against AEVA. Uh, again, I think LIDAR is crowded, but UWM ha has been a dog since they went public. Um, you know, even on the, the rocket earnings, that short squeeze, UWM couldn't really keep the momentum. So I worry about, you know, them getting positives throughout the rest of the year. So I'm going to have to go the upset here. So I would put a two for Ava. But again, you guys pick which one you think is going to perform best end of the year. One for UWM, two for Ava. What, what do we got? What are your thoughts, guys? Well, 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 I don't know if I, I might try to have to do the, the, the Mitch effect. I heard Thomas calling it. So <laughs> let's see what happens here. Um, I'll tell you right now, guys, I'm not a big fan of United Wholesale Mortgage. Um, I haven't been a big fan. I think I've been public about it, pretty public about it. I, I like Rocket and I like uh, Finance of America better. Uh, you guys have seen Patty Cook on here. If you haven't seen her interview, check it out. See the see the kind of the, where they're getting their revenues from and see if UWM is going to hang on here. But let's see what else we got. We, we, I'm seeing some twos rolling through there. Some ones and twos. What, what do you think, Chris? I think I saw more twos. I, I, I feel like the twos have it. Uh, we'll, we'll have to take a look here. Oh, look, oh, oh, look, looks like somebody's a rocket fan. I can't blame you. They're probably upstairs <laughs> in the office. So if you don't know that one, you know, they're definitely right there. Uh, all right, so I'm gonna say that this was a, this was a battle, but I'm gonna say two wins the game here. Two wins the game. Rutgers moving on. If you guys don't know, Rutgers hasn't been in the March uh, in March Madness. I think I think it was like 20 years or something like that, Chris. Yeah, it's been a while. That Big Ten conference has been a beast this year, getting you know the most uh, teams in there, and you know uh, of course I, I have to say go blue. 
Um, you know, as we look to March Madness this weekend, we got one matchup left, Mitch. We almost made it. It's noon. Let's finish up. We got Skills SKLZ against Metro Mile M-I-L-E. You just heard Daniel Cohen on the show. He's a part of that deal. Chamath is a part of that deal. Mark Cuban's a part of that deal. Hit one for Skills, two for Metro Mile. If, if you would have asked me a couple weeks ago, I probably would have said skills. But, uh, you know, with those big names on Metro Mile, I, I'm going to have to throw uh, my hat in the ring for M-I-L-E. All right, guys. Well, we'll definitely have to see it. Looks like SPAC Broker saying that Mile deserved the better seed. I can't blame you. I was trying to do this all day long. But, hey. It's just how it goes, but I'm going to say right don't the matter. This is fun. Let's right let's out the go. top, guys. Skills. Just because, uh, I mean, the name, Skills. I see it in the chat. I see the love. There's some twos there. There's some twos there. Could, could they turn me around? Do they make me want to erase this? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. Some twos. Some twos. Oh, look, look. You know I what, guys? I lots of twos now. I don't you know. know. What? Uh, I'm going to have to erase that one. Uh, I'm I'm gonna X out skills. Shouldn't have used that Sharpie there, uh, Seth Davis. <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. Hey guys, I, I'm gonna go ahead and I'll X out skills. Uh, I'll I'll exit out, and then we'll go with Metro Mile here. But like, hey, like we always do, guys. Definitely stick with the Spacks attack. This is what we do, guys. We have fun. We talk some Spacks, and if you liked it, definitely smash the like button. Hit the subscribe bell below. Up next, you got my man, Hot Stocks Luke's. I see Dip, Dippity Dip in the back. You already know if you're ready for Power Hour. Let me see. I, I, I want to I wanna see the word Luke run through the chat. Just just the word Luke. L-U-K-E running type through there. Luke into the chat if you want to hear from him. Quick programming note. We've had interviews all week long with CEOs of companies. Stick around, though. You're going to hear from two people with SPAC deals on Power Hour today. So you got ticker NEBC taking Rover Public. That's the dog uh, sitting and walking company. And you got NSTB taking Apex Clearing Public. Um, so two SPAC deals coming up on Power Hour. We got an exciting day of programming. Don't forget to keep an eye on those sports betting SPACs today before market close and ticker UTZ on Mad Money tonight. Um, have a great weekend, everyone. Go Blue. Let's hear it for Luke. All right, guys. So starting up the number one show, the Power Hour.